morning, church. It's an honor to share the message this morning. As you heard, our pastor is on his way home. He's not here yet. So please come again next week to show us your first time visiting. First time visiting this morning. Come again. Um, and this morning, before I show a video clip, it's actually a Twitter story, a summary of, of the gospel as we celebrated Easter last weekend. It's such an amazing summary of the gospel on Twitter. Now, some people said anything, what is Twitter? Let me just update you quickly. You can't eat Twitter. It's um, not a food. It's social media. You have a profile on Twitter. Then you, people can actually follow you on Twitter. And everything you say on Twitter, your followers can see. And then, obviously, um, you can follow other people as well. And then you can see all their news and pictures. And so it's quite a nice way to connect with the world out there, sports people, celebrities, news, whatever you want. That's Twitter. So I'm going to show you an example of a profile. Retief Berger, he's an Afrikaans gospel singer. Um, you'll see that on top there he's got um, followers, 10,400 people following him. And he currently follows 144. Um, and whatever he puts on his timeline, people can see and follow him and, and tag him and send him messages, whatever they want to say. The next one, slightly more followers, is A.B. de Villiers, which is over 2 million followers. So um, people can see what's happening in his life too. And that's Twitter. So whatever, whatever A.B. tweets, we call it a tweet, um, all his followers can see. And they can tag him and reply. So it's quite a nice social media thing. And I just want to show this video clip. I thought it was very good over Easter time. You can just play that. Thanks. For those of you who know Twitter would have enjoyed that more than others, I'm sure. But I thought it was a very powerful way of sharing the gospel. Um, this morning I want to share something with, with you. Um, and I prayed about this morning. Um, it's about sharing Jesus. And um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was this massive excitement in South Africa on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, in the news, wherever, about this band coming to South Africa. No, no direction or wrong direction or one direction, whatever they're called. Um, and there's massive excitement. People were putting photos up of the crowds and the selfies and whatever else were there. And people were so excited about, about this band and being there. That people flew up from East London. I think a lot of parents used their children as excuses to go with themselves and, and enjoy their evening. And, and I was wondering about this. People are so excited and passionate about, about this band. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then we've got Bethel coming and a lot of people are also excited. One Direction book out FNB Stadium in Johannesburg and Cape Town Stadium, and there's thousands and thousands of people. And Bethel uses church buildings. I'm like, why can't we just get the stadiums full for Jesus and for Bethel? But yet the other other normal bands they, they get people excited, and that's how we operate as people. We like to share exciting things with with our friends and social media and in person. You know, this happened and that happened, and and even me, I'm I'm part of that. We went to Australia in December. To visit friends over there, um, for me it was a bit of heaven, not because it was Australia, but because of the cricket that I was part of. Um, my friend plays for a team there in Adelaide Strikers, and um, I was practicing with them in the nets, and I was bowling to some big names in cricket, you know, Pollard and Hodge and, and Sean Tate and a lot of other guys, and I was like in the dressing room after the game, and it was like, yo, like a little heaven on earth for me. I was like, this, this could work for me. And you know, I took photos with some of the guys um, while I was there with them. And I couldn't wait to put it on, on Facebook and to share with the people, listen, this is it's me that, you know, the guy in there is me. And that's Paul Art next to me, you know, like, we're tight. Um, and that's how we operate. And then I just felt really challenged that, why don't, we, why don't we share Jesus with the same kind of passion and excitement 
with our friends, with our colleagues, with our Facebook acquaintances, because you know you get real friends, you get Facebook friends. There's like a big difference between the two. And um, why don't we share Jesus and, and what he does for us and what he's done for us more with the people around us? Um, you know, that's, 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 our, that's our mission in life. That's what we should do for, for Jesus. That's the, that's the kingdom that needs to come. But we, yet we don't do it. And this morning I want to share with you what Jesus asked us to do and then the example himself, he himself showed us of how to do it. And, um, you know, the meaning of Easter, we celebrated Easter last week, but I really believe we need to celebrate Easter every day because Jesus died and rose for us. And it's an everyday celebration we have to actually do, not only once a year. For a lot of people, the gospel and, and the cross only means we can eat Easter eggs once a year. And it's such a big, big lie from the enemy just to do a celebration every year for a week. And Jesus died for us, for all of us. And we need to celebrate that victory every single day of the year. And recently, our boy is 18 months, busy, busy, busy. The missions team can, can uh, testify of that. He was with us on missions. And um, I think a lot of them realize children is not always as fun and games. But um, so he's quite busy. He runs around wherever he, he wants. So we had a bride friend's house a couple of weeks ago. And there were steps down from one area to the next. And I was watching him, and I was just putting something in the nappy bag. And I said to him, careful of the steps. And the next thing, you walk down the steps, and it's like in slow motion, like a movie, like walking down. I can see he's falling forward, hit his head on the stairs, fell forward again. And the second time he hit the floor, I picked him up. But I missed him the first time. I couldn't get there in time. And instantly, this huge golf ball swelling on his head, and he's in tears, and he's, he's and I was, I felt, I did not feel like the dad of the year at that very moment, um, and my boy was in pain, and it really broke my heart, it broke my heart to see him in such agony, in such pain, and he's so upset, and, you know, and it just gave me, it gave me this, this glimpse again of what God must have felt like when Jesus, his own son, was getting punished, and beaten, and spat upon, and it could no, there's nothing he could do about that. Because he made the decision to save you and me from our sins and from our past by sending his only son, Jesus, to be beaten up and to be crucified on a cross. And, and Easter this year, the whole new meaning for me, just after that incident with James, our boy, and I'm just so, so thankful for God for, for persevering through and sending his son for us to be, to be crucified and gave us his life. And, um, you know, in, 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 I'm going to read Matthew 28. So Jesus gave everything for us. He died for us to forgive our sin. That's a gospel. Um, and he tells us in the word, word of God, we must love him with all our heart. We must love our neighbors like ourselves. But in Matthew 28, the heading is the Great Commission. Where Jesus himself tells us something. He commands us and he says to us, this is to his um, 11 disciples. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. It's a very popular scripture. We all know the Great Commission, go and make disciples, and that's cool. But when I, when I went through this again, and I felt God lead me through this, 
a few things I want to highlight this morning. Um, and first of all, it's the first sentence in the, in the second, in the second um, slide that says, Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth was given to him. So all authority. In other words, there's none authority left. All the authority in heaven and on earth was given to Jesus. And then a very profound thing, it says, therefore go and make disciples of every nation. Now, that therefore, I've got a slide up for that. It means for that reason or consequently. It's also used to introduce a logical conclusion. It's logic. So it says, all the authority in heaven and earth was given to me. Therefore, for that reason, you, my disciples, which is you and me, go and make disciples of every nation. Now for me, it's like a little revelation of Jesus had received the authority, but now he's sending us for that reason to go make disciples. But otherwise, there was a transfer. There was a, like a handing over of the authority to us. And in my mind, I like to be practical. If, if, it's like if this is a hundred rand note, and I says, I just picked up this hundred rand note. Therefore, Sonica, go and buy yourself a cool drink. I had to give her the money because I received this money. And I say, therefore, you go and buy yourself a, a drink. And the same thing that Jesus said here, he says, all the authority has been given to me, therefore you can go and make disciples of all nations. We've got the authority with us. We've got the power. And um, there's no authority to, to, to the enemy. So Jesus says, I've got everything. It's all mine, and I give it to you, all the authority. So Satan has got none. So when he comes to attack you again, and you feel under attack, you must know that all the arrows he's shooting at you is like little feathers. He's got no power compared to the power we've got in the Holy Spirit in us. If you sit here this morning and I walk down here with handcuffs and say, I arrest you, I'm going to take you to prison, but I'm not a policeman, I've got no authority, I've got no badge, you're going to laugh at me. But yet the enemy comes and he, he tells us something and he lies to us and we say, oh yes, yeah, you're right. I'm tormented by the spirit of the, the enemy and, and we give him the authority which he actually doesn't have. So I think we need to realize this morning to start off with, the enemy has got no authority. Amen? Because Jesus died on the cross to give us the authority and the power um, with him. And he said, I will never leave you alone. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Because Jesus knew that Jimmy in the flesh cannot do this on his own. He had to send us the Holy Spirit, our helper, to, to come to our lives and to lead us and to help us um, spread the word of God. And, um, you know, I also highlighted that he, sp- he spoke to his disciples. He didn't tell the the unbelievers, you go and make disciples of all nations. He spoke to his disciples, disciple meaning follower of Christ. Not only on Twitter, but in the real world. So, you have to be a disciple to make disciples. And it's, it's a very simple statement, but it's so true because if you don't know what it's like to have Jesus in your life, and you haven't seen his power in your own life and your testimonies, you don't know how to tell it to people and say, Come to church. Come to Jesus. I know he's a good God. I know he's a good father out of my own testimony, my own life. I mean, for the many doctors in our church, and you have to be a doctor to perform a medical procedure, hopefully. Um, you know, you can't give me medical advice if you don't know anything about medi- medication. And the same with us. We know God is good. We are his followers. We are his disciples. And therefore, it's up to you and me to go to the world, to our colleagues, wherever we go, and... Share the good news with them. Share Jesus with them at every single opportunity that comes our way. You know, 
all of us sitting here this morning, if you are saved and you are a follower of Jesus, you have a story, you have a testimony, a before and after story that we can share with our people out there who need Jesus. I've got a story too. You know, I've been on the other side with the partying and drinking. I've been there. I'm not there anymore. I'm saved through the grace of God, through the blood of Jesus, and I don't want to go back there. So I can tell my worldly friends, guys, don't do that. Come to church with me. Come to Jesus because there's a better life in store for you because I know it. I see it in myself. And that's the, the purpose of us being disciples is to go out and make disciples of, of the, the world. And um, just another example I want to just share with you. Lately, um, the Africa Open happened here, the golf event. And, um, I've got a few friends on the professional tour who plays golf for a living. And um, every year they come down, they play in East London at the golf club. And um, they, they, each player gets this player's guest token or card. Now, this thing is amazing because this gives you access into the clubhouse with the actual players and their wives and their girlfriends. And luckily for me, my friends who come down here, their wives couldn't come with, so I got the ticket. And um, once again, it's a little bit of heaven for, for being a golfer myself. You sit in the, in the change room and it's cooking hot outside. Inside it's aircon. There's like a freezer full of ice creams. Just help yourself. I won't tell you how many king cones I had. Um, and a, a fridge full of cool drinks. And right next to you sit these big names, European golfers that many of you might not even know, but big names in golf. And I'm sitting right ne- opposite them on the table, enjoying my cold drink and my ice cream, feeling like a celebrity. And, um, and that's all because of this ticket I had in my possession. Now, there are many people standing outside the clubhouse in the heat, sweating, dying for an ice cream or a cool drink, and I'm inside because I got this access. And it's up to me to go outside to them and tell them, guys, you know what? You can also come into the clubhouse. Just get a ticket like this. I could give them a ticket and say, now you go and have an ice cream upstairs in the clubhouse because this is the way in. I knew what the way in was. They didn't. They were standing around outside drooling for an ice cream, and I didn't tell them. And what I want to share is the same thing with Jesus. You and I have got Jesus. See my example. You see my heart. We've got Jesus in our hearts. We know what we can do with Jesus in our hearts. We know the before and the after. And it's up to us to tell the world out there who are standing out there in the heat, dying spiritually, longing for Jesus, feeling empty, partying, whatever they're doing. We have to go to them and say, my friend, I know the way in. You can relax. Have peace in your heart. Stop searching. His name is Jesus. Why don't you come to church and we'll introduce you to him and walk with, walk with them. That's our purpose, people. That's, that's what we should do. That's the great commission from Jesus ourselves. And we've got the authority. And just to confirm that, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, it says, it's Paul speaking, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, the, the unsaved don't understand the, the message of the cross. It's foolishness to them that someone will die for you, um, for your sins. But for us who know and understand it, who receive Jesus, it's the power of the cross. The cross, the power of God. The cross gave us the power and the authority we spoke about in, earlier in the scriptures. So we can walk in power and we can speak to the situations in our lives. We can speak to the sick and they'll be healed in Jesus' name. We can speak to our work situation and, and declare breakthrough and declare favor of God over it because we've got the power, Jesus Christ, in us. And it's so cool to know that we can walk in this battle, worldly battle, 
we've got the ammo. We've got the victory. We've got the power. But unfortunately, some people don't even realize they've got the ticket in them, but they're not going in. They're not going in. They're standing outside with the ticket. And they're not going into this promised land of, of ice cream and cool drink and aircon. And it's for us to say, listen, buddy, you, you've got Jesus. Why are you still depressed? Why are you still battling with this situation in your life? Pray about it. Tell it to, to go and change in Jesus' name. We've got the power. We've got the ticket. Do it, man. It's like walking around the heat with a ticket and you don't go inside to the coolness. It's foolishness. And we need to step it up and we need to, to change that. And Jesus was the, the legend he is and the, the great teacher and leader he is. He, he showed us an example of this in John 4. Um, I'm not going to read the whole passage. But go and read it at home. It's very good. Um, it says, So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for the drink, you would have, give, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, um, in verse 16, he says, carries on, and in the meantime, she's arguing about this Jew asking her for water and um, no, it's like doubting, and who's this man? Why is he talking to me even? Like, what's your business? And, and in verse 16, Jesus says to her, go and call your husband and come back. Go and call your husband and come back. And then she replied, she says, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now, you now have, is not your husband. Jesus says to her, what you have just said is quite true. And then it carries on. Again, the woman says, you must be a prophet. I can see you a prophet. Blah, blah, blah. Still not believing. Still not seeing the picture here. Life's not going on yet. And the woman said, I know that the Messiah, later on, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I Am he? Then, leaving a water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him, to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of this, of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. It's quite a mouthful, and I want to just break it down for us a little bit, uh, what actually happened here. Jesus going to the well, Speaking to this lady, we all know the story. We've known it for a long time. It's important to know that it's, the scripture says that Jesus was on his way to Galilee. 
that was his destination. He was just passing through this town on his way to Galilee. Um, but yet, he knew this woman will be at the well who needs Jesus, who needs to meet with him, have an encounter with him, and change her life. So he made time. He says he was tired from his journey. He was tired, but he still stopped there. He started speaking to this woman. Now, this lady wasn't very approachable. And she made it clear to him, but why do you speak to me? You're a Jew, a man, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you even ask me for water? Like, but offended by, by Jesus. Like, what are you thinking? And um, you see, Jesus, the, the, the lover he is for our souls, he says to her, he carries on. He pursues her. He perseveres in this, in this, in this discussion. He builds a relationship with this lady. Um, and, and I ask myself the question, but what do we do in a situation like that? What do we do if we're at work and a colleague of ours is there and we're kind of testing the waters for maybe an invitation to church? Can we maybe invite them? And they say to us, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a Muslim. Or I don't really believe in anything. I just believe in a higher power. Then we shut down. I know myself. We shut down. Like, okay, moving on. Next one. Um, no, no, no option there. We intimidate it. We give up after the first bit of resistance. We say, okay, maybe not this guy. Um, I go for an easier target. But Jesus says, it shows us here that even if there's a bit of resistance in the beginning and a bit of intimidation from her side, like, you know, what are you doing here? I know that prophets out there. What, what, what? He's persevering here. He's going, going on and on because he loves her. And he knows he needs him. And through a testimony, we're going to get there. And more, more people are actually finding Jesus. Now, um, it carried on like that and back and forth until to a point where Jesus actually showed her who he was. Like he took out the, the, the joker and he put it on the table, if I can put it that way, and he says, um, go call your husband. And then she's like, uh-oh, I don't have a husband. She says, right, five guys you've had a husband. Current guy's not your husband. Even more knowledge about her, her life. And then she's like, hey, wait. This is a prophet. I know it's a prophet. I can, I can recognize a prophet. And now the lights are starting going on in her head, but not quite because he's still, okay, you're a prophet. And, and it took a while to, to actually, Jesus said, listen, I am the Messiah. You speak about the Messiah. I am the Messiah. You are speaking and you're meeting with the Messiah himself. Um, but he first showed her the power of, of himself, the power of God. And you and I, you know, I spoke about it earlier. We've got the same power in us. The Holy Spirit, we can actually pray for the sick and trust God to heal them instantly. We can, we can pray for someone going through divorce and God can change the situation. We can pray for someone in depression and God can lift the depression because it's God. And sometimes, you know, for an unbeliever out there, for them to actually believe for the first time, they need the power of God to touch them. If you have a colleague or a friend who's not, not, not a believer and have got a sick child, for example, Ask them if you could go and pray for the child. I promise you they will not say no because they're desperate for their child to be healed. Then go there, love on the people, pray for the child, and trust God to heal that child. And I can guarantee you God touches the child and heals the child, their lives will be changed because of the power of God. And it's you and me, friends, who have to go and do this and demonstrate His power to the world out there who actually needs Him to save them. You know, a lot of people are like this woman, religious, they know about the prophets, they know about God, they've been in church before, but they're not willing to actually meet with Jesus again. Um, it's too much of a mission, it's, it's a resistance. Um, but this woman eventually realizes, this is Jesus, this is the Messiah. And what does she do? She leaves a water jar, she goes back to town, and she testifies 
of what happened now. So he says, you must come here. Listen, the Messiah is there. He knew everything about me. And the word of God says in, later on in the scripture, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. These people didn't go to the well themselves. Yeah, they believed because the woman shared Jesus with them. And friends, I asked this morning, are we sharing Jesus with the world out there who so desperately needs him? Are we sharing Jesus with the world out there? Are we sharing our testimonies, which we all have, with the world out there or not? Then, the, then some of them actually came to, the, to Jesus and they met with Jesus and they said to Jesus, stay with us. Just two days. And he stayed with them and the word of God says, many more people believed because they actually met with Jesus and they saw his power and they, he listened to, they listened to his words. And this happened from the testimony of a lady who was resistant in the beginning we eventually opened up her heart, went back to town, testified, brought the people in, and many people were saved through one lady's obedience and boldness. And this morning I have to ask ourselves that how many people can we impact if one of us starts stepping out or all of us start stepping out and start testifying of God's goodness in our workplace, in our social environment, wherever we move, we have the opportunity. And most of us sitting here have a testimony of what God has done in your life. And it does not have to be a testimony, I know we like to classify testimonies in very, very powerful testimony. There's drugs involved. Less powerful testimony, there's no drugs involved. And boring testimony, I just found Jesus, I grew up in a Christian home. But I tell you people, a testimony can change people's life. Because all of us have been unsaved, and now we are saved. And don't underestimate the power of your own testimony. Don't underestimate the power of your own testimony in your workplace, wherever you go, because this lady went back, shared the testimony, and many were saved. And I, and I have to ask this morning, and I, and I spoke in PE last week, why are our churches empty? Why is this church this morning not back to the brim and on top there? Why is it not full? Why is it not full? Why are there not more followers of Jesus Christ in East London or in PE? Or in the world. You know what I realize? It's, it's actually my fault. And it's actually our fault. Because it's, it's highly unlikely that an unbeliever on a Sunday morning is going to take a little drive out in this area and spot the church. Say, you know what? I've got nothing else to do. I'm just going to pop in here and see what's happening. And they come to church. They meet Jesus. Their lives are changed. Praise the Lord. It can happen. But it's highly unlikely. It's up to you and me. To go out, to invite the people, say, you know what? I've been through the situation you're currently in, and Jesus saved me. I've been down that side. It's not good. I know the end is not a good story. The other story is a good end. We're going to heaven. Come to church. And that's all you have to do. Because once they come in here, God's presence is here, they will experience Jesus. They will meet with Jesus. So, um, in, in Stephen shared about three, four weeks ago, so amazingly, and I have to actually just highlight it again about a meeting with Jesus versus an encounter with Jesus. And he broke it down so nicely in Mark chapter 10. He speaks about the rich young man coming to Jesus. He says, Lord, what do I have to do to get to heaven? He spoke about the commandments now, done all of that, tick, tick, tick. And Jesus said to him, now go and sell all your possessions and follow me. And it says the young man walked away 
grievously and sadly full of grief because he had great wealth. See, this man had a, had a meeting with Jesus. He spoke to him face to face. He listened to his words. He spoke to him. But he didn't have an encounter. He left empty. He left unchanged. And further on in the same chapter, the, the blind beggar, he heard Jesus coming past. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, save me. And the people's like, shh, man, what are you talking about? Shh. And Jesus says, he shouted again. He was desperate for Jesus. And Jesus said, call that man. And they called him in. And, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? And he says, Lord, save me. Heal me. And Jesus saved him. He left his old cloak lying there, and he followed Jesus. Now see, this man also had a meeting with Jesus. Also spoke to Jesus. Also listened to Jesus face to face. But it was more than a meeting. He had an encounter with Jesus. His life was flipped around. He was changed and he was saved forever. And, and Stephen also broke it down so nicely um, about the, the, the encounter leads to impact. There was impact in this man's life. He was changed. And the impact, and you can break down furthermore, um, the first part of the, the, the impact, you can say the impartation of the impart, the impartation of God's goodness into your life. And the, the act part of the impact is now we have to go and act on it. So you and I have to go and act on it. It gets imparted to us. We get saved. We get, we get flipped around. We are amazingly filled with God's presence. And now we have to go and act on it and tell the people about him. And this morning I want to, um, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to be honest this morning. And who of us here this morning in the last month have invited an unbeliever to church? I'm not talking about a friend from another church who's saved. I'm talking about an unbeliever that's not saved. Who of us here have invited anyone to church the last month? Okay. Let's make it the last year more lenient. In the last year, how many of us have invited an unbeliever to church? So two hands, three, four. Okay, quite a few of us. But friends, if we step out and we start doing more for Jesus, and we start sharing more about Jesus and our testimonies and inviting people in, this church and any other church in East London will be too small for the number of people who need Jesus and who will come to Jesus through our invitations. And this morning I want to end off with a, with a testimony of, of, my, of, of a story of a testimony of exactly that, what happened. Maybe the band can come up so long as well. But um, I played cricket for a club in East London. Um, joined this club about two years ago. And from the beginning, I realized it's a great club and great guys, but most of the team, if not the whole team, they're unsaved. They don't know Jesus. They don't go to church. And I found myself in a, in a difficult situation of being among them um, and knowing that these guys need Jesus. So I carried on. I played the whole year last year. I didn't do anything about that. Um, played my games afterwards. Some of the guys have a few beers. Some have more than that. And um, so it carried on. So this season, the end of last year, in one, one Sunday service, Andre preached about the reality of hell and the reality of heaven. And that hell is for real. And if you and I can be the only, only door or opportunity for someone out there who is on their way to hell to actually turn around through our testimony or our boldness and come to Jesus and be saved. And I was challenged. I sat there and I'm like, I play cricket with these guys every week. It's 10, 12 other guys, week in and week out. And they're not, they are going to hell. And I wasn't judging them. I knew they didn't know Jesus. 
And I was telling them, I said, and I felt immediately, because I was preaching the next week as it worked out, I must invite them to church and I must use this thing of, I'm preaching so or sharing the message, so you must come and listen to, to the service. And I said, no, Lord, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Because we have a WhatsApp group. You all have known that these days, everything happens on WhatsApp groups. Everything is, this WhatsApp group for everything. And we had this group on WhatsApp and a lot of fo- the photos they put on and the videos they put on was like stuff you don't want to see as a Christian. It's, it's not godly things. And it was a battle to actually just stay on the group. Um, but yet God told me that day, invite the people on this group to come to church next week. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Lord, moving on. And on Monday, my heart was still heavy on it. Invite the team to church next Sunday. So I typed the message for slowly but surely, and I said, guys, how's it? I'm sharing the message next week. I didn't say preaching. That's quite formal. I said, I'm sharing the message next week. Um, welcome to join. I'm just putting it out there casually. And um, the one guy, the one guy replied. He said, I'll try and make it. And I actually, this is the guy that I actually least expected to even reply. Um, and the next week, the game before, the Saturday before the Sunday, played against old boys normally a big game and um, we beat them and this specific guy scored 100 now if you score 100 you've got lots of problems for fines afterwards you might not even see the sun go down um, so he was fined quite heavily for his 100 and I saw him at the club afterwards and he still told me in his little bit of a state he says I'm still planning to go to church tomorrow it's the first thing he mentioned since the SMS and I'm like really? I said cool if you, if you go and make it now don't worry come another time I was like you know and um Sunday morning, same setting as this morning. I was at the back there in worship. And here comes this guy walking through the doors, neatly dressed. And I was like, Yo, am I hallucinating? I'm like, it's really him. I greeted him. He sat down. I shared the message. He was sitting at the back. He came afterwards. He said, thank you for the message. Enjoyed the service. And he left. And um, I started building a relationship with this guy. The next week, I'll go for coffee with him. We just chat about life and all of that. And... You know, I left for Australia in December. We had some contact via SMSs. And um, the first Sunday in January, it was church again. And he, he was here again. And um, Andre actually had a word of knowledge. And I know this guy has told me before that um, he used to know God when he was a teenager 20 years ago. But he drifted away. God became like a, a neighbor. He knows of him, but no relationship kind of thing, far away. And um, this morning, Andre had a word of knowledge specifically for him you know what he responded he got up came to the front surrendered his life to Jesus um, changed his life and I'm amazed by God's goodness I'm amazed by God's goodness that this same guy now is the guy in our change room who says to the other guys you have to come to church and I'm like come on preach it brother you have to come to church guys there's a lucky church just pull in enjoy it what what and I'm like, God, you are so good. All it took from me, all it took from me is an invite on WhatsApp. An invite on WhatsApp. One invitation led to one meeting, led to one encounter, and one life is changed. My friend's going to heaven. I call him a friend now. We have a good relationship. He's going to heaven. And he was going to hell before that. And he wanted to share his own story this morning, but he's not here. He's out of town. So I want to encourage you this morning. I'm not condemning anyone. I want to encourage you this morning. See my heart. You and I, with one invitation, can have opened the door for someone to come into this building and be changed by Jesus Christ, or any other church for that matter. It's a matter of being obedient 
stepping out and sending that message. We all have colleagues, we all have social friends, girlfriends, gym friends, wherever we move that we know are not saved. And they've been on our hearts. You're sitting here now, you're thinking of names. I know, I've been there myself. I'm still in the position of having lots of people that I'm working with and even in my cricket team, trying to involve more people. Because our journey doesn't end here. My, I'm not, I haven't arrived now. Woo! One invitation, job done, tick off, Lord, CV updated. It's not like that. It's not like that. We have a continuous journey. Make disciples of all nations. The world out there needs Jesus. Your colleagues need Jesus. Our friends need Jesus. So this morning I want to encourage you. Step out in boldness. This week I want to challenge you in the next month. Invite one person, unbeliever, to your church. Invite one person to church. Share your testimony. Share the opportunity you've got. Invite them to church. They can only say no. Then you invite them again. This lady wasn't open to Jesus in the beginning. He persisted. What an example. Who are we to give up after one invitation? Who are we to be intimidated? The fear of man. And some of you might say, you know what? I'm not that kind of person. My wife's like that. And I speak to her often. I'm too shy and I'm too embarrassed. And what will they think? Maybe they think I'll judge them. And I want to tell you this morning, friends, it's not about how we feel. It's not about a feeling. The gospel is not about a feeling. Do you know why? Jesus did not feel like dying on that cross. Believe it or not. Jesus did not feel like dying on the cross. He didn't get excited and say, Woohoo! Tonight I'm getting crucified, guys. Pull in. He prayed to Father. God, twice in the Garden of Gethsemane, He prayed to Him. He says, Father, please, is there no other way? Can this cup not pass me, Lord? I'm, I don't really feel like being beaten up and hang on a cross. But it wasn't about a feeling. He did it anyway love, out of love. So tomorrow, whenever you go to work again, and you feel shy or embarrassed, or the fear of man grips you about the, your colleague who's going to hell, and you need to step in and make a difference, it's not about a feeling, remember that. It's about Jesus. He's the way, He's our ticket in to heaven. You and I have got a better life at the moment, and we need to share it with the people out there so they can have the same life.